Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Oh my God. <sighs> Just kidding. <laughs> You're like, ew. Why did, I, oh my God. why did I agree to this podcast? Don't you love my half done wallpaper? <laughs> no. Welcome to the shit show, Darren. Hi. Darren Barnett is my guest today on Worst First. I am so excited to have you here. He is, I only know Darren because you're dating my best friend, Michaela. And, that is and you guys are quite a cute couple, if I do say so myself. Oh, thanks. Yeah, she would kill me if I didn't say that. Just kidding. I mean, you're a cute couple anyway. Um, and I'm so excited to, to talk to you because you're on that show, Never Have I Ever, which is on Netflix, yes. if anyone watches that show. And I saw two of your co-stars were nominated for a MTV Movie Award this year. I saw for like Best Kiss. Yeah, for yeah, Best Kiss. What about you? What happened? Best you don't kiss. kiss anybody in the show? Yeah, I got snubbed. I got snubbed. Do, do you kiss people? I kiss people. You suck I at kiss it. People. I must be bad at it because I wasn't nominated, but I'm not taking it personally. So, <gasps> Did you go? Uh, I don't think there... Was there even... In a, I'm such a bad castmate. I there, was a sh- there was an event. Was there? Your cast, some of your castmates were there. Oh, man. I yeah. wasn't invited. You know what? But know. you were invited to Worst First Podcast, so yeah. that's way cooler. Yeah. Redeeming myself. I'm so excited to have you here because I think you're such a cool dude, and I'm so happy. Um, you make my best friend so happy, and you're such a talented actor. Darren's one of those people that you hand him a script, and he'll be he'll look at it, and then he'll have it memorized. Yes, it's it's a quick study. Thankfully, that's such uh, a talent. Yeah, I it's it's a blessing that I can absorb it quickly. Um, sometimes it comes off as laziness because I don't really know my lines until I get to get to set, but I do that purposely. I do that purposely for a reason. It's not being lazy. I just, it's fresher that way for me. I'm, I read the script. I understand it and where, where he, the character's at mentally, but I don't want to really know the lines until I'm about to go on. Cause you want to have genuine reaction. Yeah. It, it forces me to really listen to, um, you know, my scene partner and, and react organically, which I think makes for better scenes. So I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. Have you ever showed up to set being like, Oh yeah, I'll just do it on set. And then it's like 10 pages of lines and you're like, Oh fuck. Oh no, 
no, no. I always know what I'm going to be doing. Okay. So yeah, if it's 20 pages of like a, you know. Monologue. Are we allowed to curse on this? Yeah, you can say whatever you want, a literally. shit ton of, sorry. Yeah. Mom. Sorry, mom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if it's like a, a lot of dialogue, I obviously will, you know, digest it the night before or, you know, work at it, you know, accordingly. But most of the time it's the way they shoot TV is like, it's three or four pages a day, especially with me being a, you know, co-lead it's i'm not on every page so oh. it's not as daunting that's yeah. great so you have like the best job ever it's you're like i show wonderful. up i say how's it going i'll get a good <laughs> paycheck i get to make out with some bitches and then i go home yes i'm just kidding guys yes. watch the show it's on netflix never have i ever did you always want to be an actor i've wanted to be an actor since i was about like five yeah what made you want to be an actor uh jim carrey I love him I, already. Then, yeah, and I have a story with him. If if you want to hear, tell it, it. I have to. I have one too, but I've already told mine. So you tell yours. Uh, I love him. Well, I mean, growing up, I you know I I was obsessed with watching him, and then I'd watch blooper reels of movies he was in, and was like, oh my gosh, this looks like so much fun. Yeah, and um, I I made my mom cut my hair into a bowl haircut after Dumb and Dumber uh, for like a year, and I would go around doing. Jim Carrey impressions and she dealt with that. So thank you, mom. Um, People are like, is this kid okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's so funny with Jim Carrey. I was at One Oak of all places listening to uh, Steven Tyler's daughter does music. She was mm. having like some album release thing and I guess him and Jim Carrey are friends. Um, I'm at this table and I feel someone jump down next to me and I'm like, I look up, it's Jim Carrey. And I'm like, okay, childhood icon, try to act cool. Everything's, everything's cool. And he sits there and like talks to me for like 10, five, five, 10 minutes, which it was like club talking. So it was like loud. Hey, what's up? Yeah. Like not, you know, like a normal conversation. Um, you know, and I was just like, Hey man, I know some of your come up story, how you did it, you know, in your early days. And it's, it's an inspiration. Thank you. And he was like, Oh, very Jim Carrey. Like he was like, you an actor? <laughs> I was like, the neck thing. I was like, oh, yeah, really? he really was doing that. Did he, did he look right in your eyes? Because right, that's what he did with me eyes, too. It kind of scared me. Dead in my eyes. And yeah. I was like, this is before I had anything under my belt. I was just, you know, I was working at SoulCycle going into auditions every now and then. And you I was worked like, at SoulCycle? Okay, worked, we're going to talk about yeah, that in a second. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's the plan, man. And he goes, just find your color of the rainbow, man, and follow it. And then he gets up and literally dances away into the crowd. And I was like, that's the most Jim Carrey advice I could ever receive. Wow. But, but for some reason, the older I've gotten, the more that lesson has like taken weight, interestingly enough. What's your like, color of the rainbow? Yeah, it was really like understanding why I wanted to like act. And like, it, it, it went back on a question. The first question I was asked when I got to LA by a friend was like, do you want to be an artist or do you want to be a celebrity? And that was something I really tried to like mull over, you know, because that's, of course, so many people come here wanting to be famous or be this or that. And I really had to like understand like, no, I'm in love with the art and that's Aww. my color and that's what I've followed. So I love that. Did you go to theater school? No, no. I went to a uh, college in Northwest Georgia and it's a small town called Rome, majored in international studies and journalism. I was going to be an anchor that's my mom wanted me to be in news and i was like oh yeah cool that's someone on camera and then i was like no i gotta do what i gotta do i was doing theater at the end of college like i, I would do a couple plays here and there and then i got bit by the bug all over again and i graduated my mom's like great you have all these job opportunities what are you gonna do and i was like 
I'm going to follow my dreams. You're like, see you later, yeah. mom. Yeah. And you just- <laughs> so much. wait, so, so you came to LA. Yeah. You were like, I'm going to follow my dreams. I'm going to go work at SoulCycle. <laughs> yeah. So how did that happen? Well, because well, so, I know we all have those temporary jobs until we make it. Yeah. And some know. people are waiters and some people are, you know, whatever. I, um, you know, well, I came back to L.A. And I was like, how do I, what do, where do I start? What do I do? Yeah. And I got on Craigslist of all places and found extras casting. And oh. so I went to the Sherman Oaks Galleria and the Comerica Bank building. I pass it all the time. And I'm like, that's where it all started. But I'm in the elevator and I go up and I'm like meeting with this guy to be an extra. And I have to pay him 20 bucks for a fee. I didn't have 20 bucks on me. I'm like, I have to wait until I get paid for this. Like, I'll be back. And he's like, you know, there's an agency on this floor. If you want to talk to them, like you, you have a good look, you should. And I'm like, yeah, well, I heard it's bad to approach agencies. Like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But when I came back to give the 20 bucks, I was in the elevator and they were like, are you Darren Barnett? And I was like, uh, yeah. And they were like, oh, well, we saw you the other day in the lobby. We wanted to talk to you, but you left. So uh, do you want to come read some scripts for us? And I was like, all right. And then they signed me across the board. Who was it? Um, this was... This agency will forever have a very big place in my heart. There, it's called LB Talent. Uh huh. Lewis and Beal. It's Jackie Lewis. Um, and yeah, they were great. They were amazing. They they got me my first co-star gigs, and uh, I did a, a few leads with them too on, in some stuff. But smaller agency, but just really worked hard for me. And it it, it just I took that story for granted for so long because I see so many friends struggling to find representation that believes in them. And I was like, oh, this is just how it happens. And they're like, no, man, that's not how it happens. That is not how it happens. So, that's what happens for like a lot of really famous people though. Yeah. Like some was, people, like, like they're like, I was just walking down the street and I got discovered. And I'm like, wow, yeah. that must be nice. Yeah. Do you know how many dicks I've had to suck? No, I'm just kidding. I haven't, I haven't. <laughs> well, I mean, I have, but I haven't. You know what I mean? <laughs> not for show business, but um, that's a really cool story. I love that. And so then they started getting you auditions and then yeah. you were just working at SoulCycle to pay the bills. Yeah. Were you a bike person? Like, were you no, the one on uh, the bike encouraging everybody to like keep going? Cause that's like- No, I, I was not a- I was not an instructor. I was working at the front desk. My my sis, my older sister, was a a frequent rider at SoulCycle, uh-huh. and so I worked there at the front desk. And then I at the just to get out early, like I would at the end, like help the cleaning staff wipe down all the bikes. So I was wiping down ass sweat from bicycle seats and <clears throat> rubbing them all day, and then spraying shoes. And it was great, though. You know, I got to see a lot of. Uh, celebrities and 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 actors and whatnot that I had always kind of admired, and one story in particular that's interesting, like it's it hits me every time I drive down Sunset. I used to walk to work. Um, I park nearby at a friend's place on Sunset and walk, so I wouldn't have to pay the parking fee at the uh, Soul Cycle, which was like wow. two, two bucks. Wow! And so <laughs> I'd walk and I'd like walk up past all these billboards and was like, man, how cool would it be to just not not be on them, but like be part of a show where they're advertising on Sunset. Mm-hmm. And then the show comes out and Netflix has like 12 billboards on sunset and I'm on, I'm on the billboards that I was like dreaming about, like walking past every day. And another uh, common, I've always been a huge fan of common Uh and he would, he would come in sometimes and like, I saw him in his car one day and I was like listening to his music, I think. And I just like pointed at him and I was like, dude, you're awesome. And he was like, yeah, man. And now he's, uh, I don't know if I can say it yet. Um, yeah, don't say it, but I, he, there's something cool coming up but with now, you and him, now, right? now we are 
working together. That's so, so exciting, yeah, dude. It's crazy. And don't you think, and not to get all weird and, you know, spiritual, but like, don't you think a lot of this is manifestation? No. Because you don't? No, I, I do. Just, <laughs> It'd be funny if you were just like, no, no not at all. Actually. It's complete bullshit. It's hard work and I put myself in the right place. <laughs> like, I didn't move around rock crystals and pray for this, okay? No, but I do. <laughs> no, but even subconsciously, like people that don't believe in it, the fact that you would walk by those billboards every day and in yeah. your mind's eye would go, one day I'm going to be on there. One day I'm going to be on there. One day I'm mm -hmm. going to be on there. And you were saying that to yourself in your mind. Yeah. Even if you weren't actually saying it, the, the, the split moment of every time you'd look up at that billboard, mm -hmm. that thought continuously helped manifest where you are today. Yeah. You know, it, honestly, though, like at that time, I think it's interesting. There was a very direct like switch in my life. And at that time, I would look at these billboards and be like, it's yeah, like no way it's going to happen. Like it'd be cool, but like it's so far. It's so far off. I'm going to have to do so much. It's mm -hmm. such a slim chance. And I really one day like I was I, I was reading something that talked about like the the concept of like love mm -hmm. and you what you love, you invite. And I didn't realize how much hatred or resentment or just envy I was putting out there when like I'd see friends come up and it was like, good for you. But it was more like, good for you. Wish that was me, mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, I kept like pushing it away because it was like saying like, well, I'm not worthy of that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And when I really started like expressing it with love and like imagining, like I, 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 speaking of Jim Carrey, like he would go out on, I think it was Mulholland or something and look out over the scenery and just imagine himself booking roles, imagine himself. And he brought himself a check for like $10 million or whatever that, you know, everyone knows that story. Mm -hmm. And um, I started adopting that being like, it's, if it's already here, it's just my job to like, see it like, and, and timing, like you don't, you don't own time. You can't control when, where, how, but like, I made it real to myself that it's not so far off. It's not such a slim chance. It's literally right here. I have to grab it. Yeah. And, like clockwork, it started, I don't know if it was the attitude I started carrying when I went into the room or went for a role, but it changed things. It changed yeah. a lot. It so. does. I mean, people don't realize the mind is so powerful yeah. in a negative way and in a positive way. So that's why it's like, it's you, you have to fuel the, the positive, you know, mm. if you have those negative thoughts, I'm not good enough or I'm jealous or I hate this person. I don't mm. know, blah, blah, blah. I'm jealous. You know, you have to switch it and go, I am good enough. Even if you don't believe it, you yeah. have to tell yourself you're good enough. I'm going to get it. I'm going to do this. And like, even if in your head you doubt yourself, mm -hmm. it, you have to speak positively to yourself because it's all energy. Mm. I mean, even have you seen those studies about just the way scientists have spoken to two glasses of water? They mm. said a bunch of really horrible things to one glass of water. <laughs> I need to see and I'd cursed love, I'd at love to, it. I'd love to see that like, video. Fuck you, you fucking piece of shit glass of water. And then they had another glass of water. They were like, you're so beautiful. Like you're the most beautiful glass of water, the most delicious tasting. Like they put both of them under a microscope. Yeah. The one that they cursed at had negatively charged ions in it. The one that they spoke wow. nicely to has all positive. Oh, wow. It's a scientific experiment. Okay. And if you think about it, we're just, we're all made of energy. I mean, we're yeah. all just like and matter and water. 
And water. And water. And so if you're talking shit to your water all day, of yeah. course it's going to be a swamp. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to make a t-shirt. Don't talk shit to your water. Exactly. You know? But that's what it's important. You have to fuel this positive energy yeah. in your life. And it's hard. I mean, man, I... I feel I feel you because it's it's a challenge to overcome the insecurity within yourself. You know the projections of other people's insecurities that they put on you, like you know mm. mean people on Instagram. I don't know have you ever gotten like hated on on Instagram? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, so like yeah. you know it's hard to it's hard to look at that and go, oh well that person is just projecting. You know what I mean? Instead of engaging and being, you know, well, fuck you back. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I now, whenever I see someone say anything bad about me, mm. I literally just read it and go, mm. like I, I yeah. it, you know, I, it doesn't even phase me anymore because mm -hmm. everything is so temporary, right? Yeah. And, and life is so temporary and we're so temporary and it's so to get hung up on little things that, no one's going to remember in the future and mm -hmm. no one really genuinely cares about. Like, yeah. it's just so silly to me, you know? I and, agree. and I know the podcast is called worst first and, and I know this was a worst for you mm. and I didn't know if you want to talk about it. So we don't have to, if you don't want to worst losing a parent. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm open to talk about that. Ta yeah. It ta taught me a lot because you were so young. Yeah. Um, Darren, is half Japanese as well. My well, my mom is half. I'm a quarter. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, so you're I'm a quarter. Cherokee Indian, Japanese, German, and Swedish. Okay, so, so you're a mutt. A mutt. But yeah. but you speak a little Japanese too, right? I do have a very good background in Japanese. That's great. Grandma spoke to me growing up, and then I took it in school for two years. I learned hiragana, katakana, some kanji. That's so cool. So the writing forms, yeah. Was, and then your fun. dad. I want to hear all about your dad. You had a great relationship, right? Yeah. With your dad, you guys were very. We, we did. My dad, I mean, my dad was a lot. My dad would be, I think, near 80 years old today or he something would. like that. Yeah, he, he was so he was gentleman. older? He was older, yeah. Oh, okay. Very much older and um, a great man. He had his own demons. Um, he did, you know, struggle with substances for a while. And it, it was, you know, part of him and my mom um, separating. Um, but yeah, he did a lot of abuse to his body, but he was, he taught me some very great life lessons. And when I was with him, it was all about me. You know, he wasn't always around as, you know, whatever a typical Brady Bunch father should be. But like, I know that's not real anyway. You know, parents to me are just a complex version of a children of a child and they're doing their best. And that's um, a really interesting thing to say. And that's true. And, um, you know, my dad, yeah, he, I was touring colleges in uh, Florida. I was, I was at University of Miami. I remember very well. And I got a call from my sister and she was like, Hey, uh, dad had a stroke. Uh, he's fine. And like, I dealt with my dad being in and out of the hospital for various health reasons years prior. He'd Did also, he have health issues? Well, yeah. When I, when I was, uh, in, uh, when I was 12, he got diagnosed with lung cancer after a car accident. And, um, then I moved to Florida and they gave him like three years to live. So I was mm -hmm. living with that reality of like times limited here. Um, he lived, he surpassed that. Um, but I, you know, it was like, Hey, he had a stroke. He's fine. And then like a couple hours later it was like, Hey, he's like going, you have to come here now. So I got on a plane, came to LA. Uh, I saw him at the time. He was, I think he, he was on like life support at that time. He was so doped out on morphine. He was on tubes and that was really hard. That was, that was, that brought the tears. And then the next day he, he went and it was interesting. I couldn't, I never cried about it until like two years later. 
Like I never really, mm. it was like, I was more of like a relief of like, finally, like my dad grew up with money. He made a lot of money. He inherited a lot of money. And when he, so many things happened, the stock market, his, his substance abuse, his money, you know, dwindled at the end. Uh, other reasons I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to share family mm -hmm. reasons, but, mm -hmm. um, he, he died in, you know, he it was like a one bedroom apartment in the middle of the Valley, you know, and he was Mr. Big Shot in Hollywood. It was a huge music, huge music agent in the seventies and eighties. And uh, then he kind of died with nothing. And, um, the last time I saw him, he would, uh, walk me all the way to the plane every summer to go back to Florida. Mm -hmm. And, because I was a minor, so he'd be able to walk me out of the way of the plane. But he would also he would always wait at the terminal, and like I'd look back, and like I'd be in line, and I'd look back, and he'd be standing there, just like tear dropping down or like waving, and it would just it would crush me. So we got into this fight at the airport uh, the day the last time I ever saw him, and um, then I was like, "Hey, Dad, look, like this is the last time I'm gonna see you for a while. Can we just like patch it up? I don't want to leave you like this." He's like, "Yes, yeah, son. All right, we had a good time for the next the last twenty minutes." And at, we go to the, the, you know, the gate and I'm like, Hey dad, just this time, can you like not stand there and wait? Cause every time I look behind me, it hurts a lot. And he's like, yeah, son. And so I go down the terminal. I look back. He just nods his head at me and walks away. Aww. The last time I ever saw him. And it was, it just really makes me like, what it taught me is I, I really try not to ever get off the phone angry or go to bed angry or just leave anyone angry because it's if I had known that was the last time I was going to see my dad, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't have gotten on the plane, you know? So you just yeah. don't know, but that's such an important lesson. You know, yeah. it is true to, you know, cause you do never know life is fleeting like that. Yeah. How old was he? If you don't mind me asking when he passed, <sighs> I think he was like 67, wow. something like that. Yeah. Do you have any, do you, does he visit you in any way? Do you ever have, do you ever have any moments where you feel his presence at all? Um, yeah. I mean, there, there's certain times I, I, there's one dream in particular, like right after he died that I felt he really visited me. And it was, I was like seeing my mom and my sister crying over his body. And then he was standing next to it. And I was like, uh, I remember I, I was like, uh, how's heaven? And he was like, better than you could ever imagine. Did he really say yeah, that? Yeah. In your dream? In the dream. That's so amazing. It was crazy. So no. Darren, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Doesn't that make you feel a little bit better? Yeah, no, it did. It gave me a lot of, you know, solitude over yeah. it. Um but yeah, no, he was he was a great man, taught me a lot. And all I know now is if you take things personally or to heart or hold grudges, you're killing only yourself. Exactly. You know? So that is so true. Yeah. I know, and and I try to talk i talk about that a lot on the podcast too it's just you know um healing is so important yeah you know what i mean because if you don't heal yourself you're just hurting you're gonna hurt your whole life you know you're gonna walk around and then there's that quote that you know if you don't heal yourself you're gonna bleed on people who didn't stab you oh that's you ever heard that? No, I like it though. So if you don't fix your wounds, mm. you know, whether they be emotional losses, grief, you know, childhood trauma, you know, abuse, if you yeah. don't fix your wounds, yeah, those wounds are going to stay open mm -hmm. and they're going to keep, you're going to keep drawing in more, you know, more pain. And it's like, you know, and it's hard. It's not easy, you know, obviously, 
But I mean, you have to try really hard to, to heal yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, find gratitude, find peace yeah. for your own sake, mm-hmm. you know, and for your relationships in life, because it, it bleeds. We all it know in relationships, bleeds, yeah. if you go into a relationship with someone and you have trauma or, you know, whatever from your past, it's going to come up. Yeah. There's no way it's not going to come up. It's going to come up in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And you got to work through it. You really do. So it's so important. That's why I'm always advocating like therapy. And if you can't afford therapy, like meditation, like self-work, you know, journaling, mm-hmm. like whatever you can do to get it out. Yeah. You know, it's the most important thing to do. You know, even if you feel like it's doing nothing, sometimes it, it really does eventually. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Thanks for sharing that with yeah. us. It's, you know, it's incredible. I, I haven't lost either of my parents, thank God, but I'm very, very close with my dad Mm. and he's like my best friend. So for me, like every time I have someone on that's like lost a parent, I always imagine like that's just such a, it's such a hard thing for me, you know, to process because, you know, and then I talk to my husband who has both of his parents are gone Mm -hmm. and he tells me like the hardest thing for him is like when he does something really fun or great and he like thinks, I want to call and tell my mom or my dad yeah and then he's like oh i can't yeah that, that's the that thing. comes up that's come up recently with me more than more than ever like i you know finally i'm i'm gaining some traction in what i'm doing and i'm doing what i love and i know there's no one that would be prouder than my yeah. i mean my my mom obviously is very proud but my dad like really wanted to be an actor as well when he was younger so i think he'd be really ecstatic about it um so yeah, I just I'd say I say with any of my friends that have grudges with their parents, um, we all go through them. But I'm just like, at the end of the day, like I'm like, why don't you just like text them? You like I love you. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because you won't ever regret that. Mm-mm. You'll regret you'll regret in not twenty years it. not doing it. Yeah. The amount of times I look back and I'm like, why didn't I answer that phone call? And, why? and I, you can't do that to yourself either. You can't beat yourself up. Mm-mm. But you won't regret the times you went an extra mile. Yeah, you know. So why not? It never seems to hurt being a better person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's never worse to be a better person. Yeah. That's why it's like, it's always, it's, it's always worse to not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, to, Cause then you do always have the whole, well, what if, you know, that kind of thing. It's always better to be the better per the bigger person, you yeah. know? And so people go, I'm tired of being the bigger person. Well, Mm-hmm. be the bigger person <laughs> just yeah. keep being it if not for them it should be selfless but yeah. if it's not it's still better yeah. for you it's better it for so, your soul yeah. it's not even about anybody else it's just about your soul you know your side of the the railroad is clean you know what i mean yeah oh gosh that's so heart-wrenching okay i've loved that you shared that with us like that's i'm so grateful yeah of course Thanks and we're asking. gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with darren barnett on worse first and we're gonna we're gonna lighten the mood so not everybody <laughs> everybody's yeah. sitting there listening to like <laughs> radiohead like they're like comma police okay we'll be right back we'll be right back okay we're today's episode is brought to you by angie Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, 
indoor or outdoor. You can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Back. We're All back right. with Darren Barnett on Worst First. Hopefully those ads were tolerable. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting this podcast. I love all of you so much. I would do the other. Oh, oh there we go. I we love can do you. it through the partition. Best friends forever. Oh, I'm done. Okay, so. This thing's very necessary. It's so, I mean, <laughs> listen. I mean, if I, I spit talk a little bit, so it's okay. for your protection. Thank you. Okay, I don't want you to feel like you're on like the wet and wild ride it. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Florida joke? Because I'm from Florida. I know. You know what? I love Florida, though. Like, I kind of do. Like, I mean, crazy shit happens in Florida. Yeah. But I love Disney World mm. and Universal Studios Florida more than anything. They're pretty good. Those are the best. Like, good. the ones here are kind of, eh. Yeah. You know? Which is weird because this is like Hollywood. This should be like the, you know. They got more land out there to work with. They do, so. yeah. We try to fit everything in a studio apartment here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, to your left is the Jaws right. Don't bump into King Kong. Okay, all right. Here we go, folks. Anyway, okay, so we're going to lighten the mood. We were talking about really emotional, depressing stuff like I tend to because I have a really depressing side. And we're going to lighten the mood and talk about your worst first date. <laughs> dad it's not lightning the mood you're like actually no, it's no, really it's, bad it's a good one okay wait so you're you're so i'm not even gonna tell people how old you are <clears> but you're like so young and and when did you like start dating how old were you uh, i mean kindergarten really like, you, you were like a, a guy a, a ladies man like I you wanted to kiss like girls a, i i just i always i was raised by women i was raised in a house oh, full yes, of women yes, so yes. i never went through that period of like ill girls are gross i'm like i live with nothing but girls so yeah, i've always like, loved women yeah it's whatever yeah but like i think my elementary school should have had like a reality show because every person had dated every person and oh it was like God. but at that time before like there was like serious attachment it would be like hey do you want to date yeah cool and I'd be like hey we, i want to break up okay and they'd be like hey uh kelly do you want to be my girlfriend <laughs> like okay i just broke up with cameron like it was so funny like five seconds ago and then just go hang a whole yeah. and then you'd hold hands and then go to, like roller skating together and we'd, stuff yeah talk about it like it's the only people of that age group that we like our, our elementary school was it was like weird like we're the only ones that we know that did that and the worst kissing like just like so horrible when you're uh, learning how to french kiss where you're just like well, i never like i never kissed in elementary school i'm not crazy oh my god Come i was on. so bad were i was everything yeah but you yeah. didn't kiss in elementary school well no not no. even a Heck? Uh, uh the first time i <laughs> so yours was holding hands my oh my god holding hands was hilarious that was like that was like third base okay when was the big kiss the big kiss was uh seventh grade wow that's kind of late yeah yeah i, I forget how old are we in seventh grade 13, I was like 13. yeah i didn't like it i didn't like it you didn't like kissing no i didn't she, i was like it was a french I, kiss and you were like it was this girl i was like in love with you know whatever that means at that age i'm not saying it's not real i think yeah. you can be in love at that age but you know, I was like, hey, uh, I'm going to go to the bathroom and then you should ask to go to the bathroom and then we'll kiss. And she was like, okay. And she comes out and like- You guys planned it? We, yeah, it was hilarious. And then like, 
she, she like slipped the tongue and I was like, whoa. And she went back to class. I went into the bathroom and washed my mouth out. I was like, that's weird. I don't like it. But like, I was a weird kid. I was such a germaphobe as a kid. I remember I was watching like Saved by the Bell and there was like, some, it was like a movie or something. Like some movie, they got married, whatever. And I was like watching them kiss. Like you may kiss the bride. And I asked my mom, I was like, mom, do you have to French kiss your wife when you get married? And she was like, no, honey, you don't have to. It was like, good. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm so dead. I like it now. Meanwhile, you're tongue punching Michaela's yeah. fart box now. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm just kidding. You're not. But but it's crazy because you say that because Michaela's also a germaphobe. So you guys are perfect together. Yeah. But yeah. that's so weird. When did you start enjoying French kissing? <laughs> but that's so weird. When did you start enjoying <laughs> yeah. Frenching? Because like, how did you go from thinking it's slimy and gross to then um, being like, actually, this is fine. I don't know. Puberty. Like, oh, you know, okay. I think it just, you know, it was like, hey, dude, wake up. It's actually kind of cool. Yeah. yeah but. That's amazing. Okay. So tell me about this worst date. We don't, we're not, don't say the name. We don't say that. Oh, no, I'm not going to say yeah. the name. I'm not going to say the name. Oh, gosh. How old were you? I was, uh, when I was like 23, 22, 23. And uh, I go to this restaurant and there's this very attractive girl that's sitting across from me and she, we keep locking eyes and she's oh. with her friends and we keep making eye contact. So I, I was, my heart was beating out of my chest. I was not like, I, it was nerve wracking for me. It still is. I mean, obviously I'm taken now, but like, I'm still not great at like going and approaching girls. Like, so it was just nerve wracking. The okay, fact you that you what? do is amazing though. I, but I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm going to do it. She kept looking at me. So I go up and I'm like, Hey, like I saw, us, we kept catching eyes. Like, I just want to say hi. And she was like, hey. And I was like, you know, we small talked, whatever. And I was like, hey, how about dinner? She's like, yeah, cool. How about tonight? I was like, all right, great. Whoa. So I like pull the stops out. And I'm like, I make a reservation and I do all these things. And I show up at the restaurant and she's like, I'm here, but she's not at the table. And I'm like, all right, where you at? And she's like, I'm at the, uh, I'm at the bar. I'm like, okay. So I go to the bar and she's like talking to two other guys. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, hey. She was like, hi, this is. Cameron and this is whatever and I was like hey and I was like uh do you want to go to the table and she was like ah if you want and I'm like clearly texted you that I had a table ready but okay yeah whatever so like we go to the table and the whole time she's talking about how she's like famous in Canada and she does this in Canada and like I was like that's really cool like you're famous in Canada I was like awesome and then she was like oh so you're like trying to be an actor and i was like oh that's offensive she, you know it's like when people are like oh how's the acting thing i'm like yeah. oh just just my hopes and dreams and my life pursuit yeah that's <laughs> that's great that you call it a thing i love that yeah so she's just putting me down and i'm like all right this is going she was just awkward she was really awkward so i got paid for dinner couldn't afford it at all she thought she was she thought she was better than totally you thought she was better than me yeah totally made it seem like i was the luckiest man in the world to be sitting there with canada's c plus list celebrity i was like this is awesome anyways was she an actor in canada she, or a model or I, like what i i don't even know if i should say okay she don't was, say she's just famous in canada and i guess that's cool okay. so i love canada by the way but anyways yeah she goes <laughs> we're walking down sunset and she's like let's go into the hustler store and I was like, all right, it's kind of a weird first date. Sure. Go to the hustle store. And she's like asking me like what I think of different kinds of sex toys. And I was like, this is completely out of left field for me. I've never been in a sex shop in my, in my life. I'm like, a little prude. Like, I don't know what these things are. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, I'm bored. And I was she like, said, I'm yeah, bored. Like, I'm bored. And I Damn, like, Darren. I was like, all right. Cool. She's holding like a big eight inch fucking a 12 inch cock in her hand. Yeah. I'm bored. Yeah, I'm like, enjoy your dildos. I'm going to go 
And she's like, oh, you're going? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, yeah, me too. So we go outside and I'm like, she's like, so where do you live? And I like, I point to this building. It was a very nice building on Sunset. I was, I, I was staying with a friend and I was like, yeah, that's it. She's like, oh, you live there? And I was like, uh, yeah. And she was like very much like, so like, do you want to have another drink? And I was like, no, like, I think I'm good. Like I'm tired. I'm going to, I got work early. And, uh, she goes, okay. And I'm, t- I'm telling you within like 20 seconds of, the, of that happening, this white SUV pulls up on sunset with like six dudes in it. Like they all look like their name, like Brad, Chad, <laughs> Ad, Tad. And like, they're all like, Oh, I'm going to call her. I'm going to call her Rebecca. Oh, Rebecca, what's up? Like hop in. And she was like, Oh, Hey guys, hops in, rides off into the night. That was the last time I ever saw her. To go get a train run on her. I was like, what is going on right now? What the fuck? Like, so that means that you were texting them to yeah, pick to you pick up you before up. Yeah. I, the date was even done. Well, while you're trying to sword fight me with dildos and the hustler story, you're te- I, it was. What was the whole point of that? I don't know. And was, okay, so when you were at dinner, was this when you worked at Soul Cycle? This is when I worked at SoulCycle. And was she like, where do you work? And you were like, SoulCycle. And then yeah. that's when she started to fucking. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably when she was like, oh, this guy is beneath me. And that's why, guys, you never do that to people because you never know what's going to happen in people's lives. Like, I hate when people do that. Like, they immediately. That's the biggest thing I feel like in L.A. Don't you feel like the first thing you meet someone within five minutes? What do you do? Yeah. They ask yeah. you what you do because they want to see how to treat you. That is like, I, I'm not, I don't want to generalize because I've met some very good people in LA, but I will say that a lot like, of people, it's such a like cl- a climb over culture. I guess I'll call it that where it's like, people are like, they, they want to get to know you and they put themselves out there to get to know you, but mainly with an agenda of, do you have any sort of avenue that can enhance my career or yes. what I'm doing? You know, and that's, yes. that's and frustrating. They, and like, there's so many, it's so sad. There's so many people out here that literally they only want to be friends with people that will help their career. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm not going to say people's names, but there's so many like influencers who I came up with that they're only friends with other influencers. Yeah. And we're only, only we're only friends because I wanted to be on your podcast. So, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, winning <laughs> wish granted. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of crazy to me because I see it and like the most random groups of people be hanging out and like hanging out on Instagram. And I'm just like, why would you guys even be friends if that person didn't have 1.5 million followers? Probably not. Yeah. Like if you just ran into Tiffany on the street and she was cool as shit, still the same Tiffany. Uh-huh. But if she didn't have all those followers, would you still be on the beach in her with her in fucking Cancun? Probably I, not. No. And that's like, it's so constructed. Like I, I, a lot of people that like, I've been around these influencer types and like, I've been around the people that they bring around that are always like any shot, like, oh, tag me in that. Like story me in that. And I'm like, for what? So you can get 10,000 followers that don't know or care about you and just want to follow you because you know this person. Like it doesn't make sense to me. So, it's so weird, isn't it? But you it? should tag me in it if you post this though. Of course I am. Yeah, cool. But I've never, you know, and that's the thing with me and I feel like I've never been like that. Like I've been friends with people when they had no followers. I've been friends with people that have followers. Like, you know, when I used to shoot vines, I would just have regular people that I, you know, didn't even have. Some people didn't even have social media. I'd ask them Mm. to be in stuff, you know, and, you know, I didn't care about who had followers and who didn't, you know, I never have. And it wasn't as much of a currency back then as it is now. No, it's like now it's like, you know, as soon as someone fucking Googles you or looks you up on Instagram, then all of a sudden like their attitude changes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Have you had people, have you ever had an experience where someone treated you differently until they like looked you up and then that, oh, then yeah. they were all nice? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm not really one to like, if I meet you like, Hey, like, are you on Instagram? Cause I'm yeah. like, I don't, it's not what I use to communicate with people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been out before where someone's kind of given me a little bit of a cold shoulder and they're like, yeah, like, you know, add me on Instagram and I add them. And then like the next day I get a message. So great meeting you. Oh my God. And I'm like, you didn't even blink an eye at me when that I was around you. Like it's, uh, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. I've literally had the same thing happen to me mm-hmm. and it's so fucked up. Yeah. And don't you just want to call them out and be like, Oh, <laughs> was it great meeting? Me? Yeah. Was it that great? Would it really? Been, would, it, would, it, would, it, would it have been great meeting me 1.5 million ago? Would it, would it have been great then? You dick. Oh my God. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever um, met someone that you really idolized who was kind of shitty to you? Um, <laughs> you don't have to say, don't say their name, but um, you can tell me a story if you want. Um, mm, Shitty to me? Yeah, no. I mean, I met people that I was kind of disappointed, but like, I wouldn't say they were shitty. They just weren't, you know. They weren't inviting. But I, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I'm the celebrities that are at a level like that get bogged down all day. And I'm not saying it gives you an excuse to be an asshole, but like, I get it. You're not always on. You're not yeah, always tired. Like willing to be like, Hey, how are you? Yeah. I care about how much you love me. Like I get it. You know? Are you seeing so. all this like cancel culture stuff that's going on? Like there's people on TikTok that are making TikToks about celebrities that have come into their restaurant and who was nice and who was rude and yeah, they're tearing people apart. That's like, they're like, this person was really rude. And like all these people now are talking about how Ellen was me as mean. Mm -hmm. And you know, everyone has all these stories about everybody and it's just kind of crazy. Right. It just feels like left and right. People are getting attacked and it's just kind of insane. It, it, it's, it's an, it's an environment right now where proceeding with caution is an understatement. Don't you remember when we were younger and just everyone said whatever the fuck they wanted? Yeah. And did whatever the fuck they wanted. I feel like we're all going to be speaking in abbreviations at some point. I mean, I just remember like we grew up with cartoons like Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Remember Ren and Stimpy? That show was so fucked up. Rocco's Modern Life had phone sex in one of the episodes. Yes. And then and and, and then that show all that 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 was like a sketch comedy show on Nickelodeon. That was like the SNL of Nickelodeon. Yeah, one of the episodes, the girl's like, I'm gonna go kill myself. Like, it's like, like, I remember it because I just remember being like, wow, it was kind of abrasive, but like, it was like, it's just so crazy how times have changed. I mean, the fact that Dr. Seuss is getting canceled in some states because of, I don't know, was it a racial thing? or What happened to us? I know everyone calls it like woke culture. Like everyone's a, a woke person now and they're just so like, we're not standing for anything anymore. We're not tolerating it. I think it's anything anymore, but I'm kind of like, and also at the end of the day, like obviously like nobody likes getting made fun of, but sometimes like when, well, I don't know because when people make fun of me, I laugh so hard. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Like when I hear jokes, like, or have you ever been with someone who just rips on you? Like me, when I rip on you, Michaela rips or Michaela rips on you. Yeah. and I rip on Michaela, she rips on me, and I love it. Yeah. I love roasting each other. That's like part of like my favorite thing ever. But now everyone, you can't say anything. I know. You look so ugly today. I do. I walked in and I was like, I almost threw up in my mouth. You're not laughing. I know. Well, I mean, I know I look oh, ugly. God, I've hurt, been moving. Did it hurt your feelings? <laughs> no, never. Please, God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're beautiful. No, but you know what beautiful. I'm saying? Like, it's, it's just so like... It, 
I just feel like we've all like, I don't want to say we've lost our sense of humor, but it's like, it's like everything is so, um, um, what is the word? It's like, um, everything is perfectly a lot, like has to be like so perfect. It's very curated. It's curated. Curated. Everything is curated. Like you can't just be like off the handle. You can't Mm -hmm. just be, you know, whatever. I, I will say like, it's, I think there's some good to it, obviously, because there's some humor that was so second nature that was, you know, very insensitive to certain demographics of people. Yeah. And obviously, if you're not in that demographic, you don't understand that, like, you can be in a crowd and in, in a room and hear it and, and laugh about it subtly, but it's like you're also only laughing about it because everyone else is laughing. But, like, you know, sometimes you don't understand what hurts and what doesn't, which is that should be taken into account. But mm-hmm. when it comes that the pendulum swings so far the other way that like, I think like Brian Cranston was getting flack for playing a handicapped character. And they were like, why wouldn't they just hire a real, hire handicapped, a real handicapped character? Like, and I'm like, does that mean like for American Psycho, they should have cast a real serial murderer? Like, I don't understand when, where the line is there. Like, yeah. you know, and so like when it, when it comes to things like that, I'm like, I get that like some people's feelings may have been hurt or offended by like Cranston playing that, but there's also a sense of like, he's representing a, a paraplegic as well. He's representing a person in a wheelchair. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's also, it's this confusing. is the biggest thing. Actor. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like actor, if, if that were the case, like <laughs> it's we, not. We wouldn't have Scarface because uh, Pacino's not Cuban. Yeah, you know, like I it's, mean, an actor. Yeah, comedian. It's yeah. not serious. It's not. Yeah. Or I mean, acting can be serious, but it's not meant to hurt people. People are playing a character. Yeah, when you're acting, you are acting. Mm-hmm. You are playing someone else, you know, just like yeah. there's women, like p- girls in movies who play lesbians who aren't really lesbians. Like, mm-hmm. it's like it, it, it just because, you know, and I, and yeah, it'd be great if they hired someone who actually had a disability, you mm-hmm. know, but maybe they needed the level of expertise in acting that Brian Cranston brought to the table. Maybe he gave a great read. We don't know, you know, yeah. like maybe he, you know, and then people just get, want to get mad about everything these days. And I'm like, fuck why it, it, like carry around all that anger does nothing for anyone. doesn't do anything for you. Mm-hmm. doesn't do anything for anybody else. What happened to just like letting things like roll off? Like, I just feel like people, I mean, I'm not saying it about certain things, obviously, like there's a line, Yeah, for sure. but I just feel like it's become everything at this point. Like, it's just every day yeah. I wake up and I open the news and mm-hmm. someone else is getting called out for something. Sure. And it's, I, I mean, I don't know. It just feels like we're going to have nobody left. I just think it's, uh, and it, it's, you, I, you know, the, the problem is that like, I, I, I have nothing bad in me to say. Yeah. Or, or, crucifying to 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 say right now but Mm -hmm. like i'm still watching my words because any one word can be taken out of context but but i guess my biggest issue sometimes is that it's it's become a a, a platform or like a a culture right now where it's you're either this or you're that like if you yeah, there's no in between you're either a terrible person or you're a like or you're a saint there can't be like it's like if you have any problem with this that means you're this it's not it doesn't just mean oh 
you see what this issue is and like, I have some questions about it. Okay. You're also a good person. It goes, no, if you question that, then you're garbage. Yeah. And it's just like, that is so extreme. That's not how human beings work. It's so black and white. And also they leave no room, this cancel culture for growth, Mm. change, learning, understanding, evolving people change. Yeah. Going back 15 years when like, Oh my Everything was different and making people like, apologize like sure and it's not justifying that it was righteous or good at that time but like this person is not who they were 15 years ago and also the intent of it yeah was not you know like jimmy fallon was under fire because i think he did blackface sarah silverman did blackface jimmy kimmel did blackface Mm -hmm. obviously no one this day and age is going to do blackface. Like, I think we've all finally that, learned that that's not something to do. I didn't even know that they did that. I thought finally, that, I thought that was, I thought that was not acceptable. Well, don't 20, you rem- 20 years ago? No, but don't you remember fucking just recently Robert Downey Jr. Played, yeah. did blackface in that movie that, where he played a black guy and he's not black. The only passable part of that though, was that he was Australian. Do you remember that he was Australian in that movie? Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Well, so why does yeah. that make it passable? <laughs> well, I mean, well, it's because he's, it, it plays into the character. He's God, this is going to open up a whole can. No, of it won't. People, but, but it just wasn't no, even that long ago. But no, that's it what wasn't I'm saying. And, 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 I, and, yeah. and it's like, you know, and I don't know, you know, any of these people personally, I don't know Sarah. I, I, I've met Jimmy Fallon quite a few times and he was lovely. I've never met Jimmy Kimmel. I've met Robert Downey Jr. He was lovely. And then everyone's just trying to like out of nowhere attack people. And it's like, yeah, you know, and they act like it was just their decision. Like it was just their decision to do this sketch and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, it's not cool that that happened, you know, years ago. But obviously no one's going around now going like, yeah, let's fucking put some fucking blackface. (laughs) Like, let's do it. Like no one's doing that. Like we're lear- people are learning as a society even though like still a lot of shit happens and it's always going to because mm. no one's the same and we all come from different you know experiences in life but yeah like give people a chance to learn and grow give mm-hmm. people a chance to make up for it you know what i mean yeah i mean you know it's it's disheartening to think that like humans in in general are more attracted to conflict. Like you'll you'll see a hundred people outside of a house burning. You you'll see no one outside of a house being built, you know, or, or, Oh my God. That's such a, wow. Darren. Yeah. It's people like (laughs) to watch things get destroyed and burnt. And it's like, it's some people deserve it. Sure. Some people do, but Mm -hmm. then some people are, are kind of, reaching yeah i mean if someone's doing something again and again and again and again and again and it's like okay this person's a shitty person but you know if someone's done something here or there and they're not you know sitting there doing it every day and being like a you know a shit bag depending on the the severity of the action yeah exactly exactly right exactly Um, it's just it's all such a it's it just makes me sad because i don't think anyone is born bad mm -hmm. you know I don't think anyone is born bad. I don't think anyone is born evil. I don't think anyone is born to discriminate. I don't think Mm -hmm. anyone is born to hate anyone. I I think that we are all, and I don't want to make people sound like victims, but I think we are all products Mm -hmm. of our environment. Yeah. And that's not a choice where you were born, who your parents were, where you were raised. When Mm -hmm. you're a young child, that's where you are. You know what I mean? 
And whenever someone does something horrible or says something horrible or whatever, the first thing in my mind is, oh, oops for them. Like that's fucking terrible. But also I think about the history of, okay, where did this person grow up? Mm-hmm. Who raised this person? Who taught this person to be the way that they are? You know what I mean? Yeah. I try to come at like all things from like compassion and understanding. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the only thing that's going to make the world better, you know? And if you yeah. take the time to try to, you know, h- help people understand and then and they still don't want to understand, then like, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. people don't control who they're born to. They don't control who their parents are. They don't control yeah. where they're born. They don't control their class that they're born into. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge part of who we are and who we become as people. Mm. And so it's just, it's really sad to me that, you know, we, we can have such rage against each other when a lot of us are products of what we were, you know, raised around. You know what I mean? There's obviously a lot going on right now that uh, could be dove into, but like, it, it it's it's surprising not surprising just kind of appalling that like covid is the one thing globally that i think brought people together in, yeah, in a it's way it's horrible but, but yeah. like it's horrible but like now that that seems to be less of a i'm not going to say it's not i'm not going to say it's gone obviously the people right. are still suffering from it but it's not as hot of a topic anymore and we're a lot of things are right back to the regular regularly scheduled programming Programming. with conflict and violence and this and that and it's like shootings are happening again and it's like why why like what if people like you 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 know a lot of people will have this epiphany like oh yeah this is what it's about but it like once that's over it's out of sight out of mind and that's what's sad doesn't it kind of blow your mind that we can go through a global pandemic that kills so many people yeah. And then yet people will still engage in war and hurt each other. And just like, it's just so primitive to me. It's yeah. I mean, I read yeah. today in the news that a man in Iran was mm. chopped up by his father. Gee, wow. For not being married at 47. He was a, a British filmmaker. I don't remember his name, what? sadly, but he was a filmmaker and he lived in England and he went back to Iran to see his family and uh, because he hadn't been married yet, they were shamed by him. They were shameful of him and they killed him. God. They killed him. I mean, even with that, it's like you could say whatever you want about it being an American. I could too. But you talk about being a product of your environment. I'm sh- I'm sure in, you know, to him, I'm not going to say the entire country of Iran, but to right. him, it seemed like proper punishment. And it's crazy to think about that. Because like whoever, and that's what I was thinking too, is like whoever has raised his father, yeah. you know, who killed him, wow. r- grew up thinking, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, it's just so, it's so sad because, you know, and I feel so lucky to grow up, you know, in America and mm. with my parents and whatever, even though I had my own shit, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It could be so much worse because there are still so many parts of the world that, you yeah. know, their thinking is just totally different than ours. And we didn't grow up there. So we don't know, Mm-mm. you know what I mean? Mm-mm. You know, you get killed for being gay. You get killed as a woman. If you talk back yeah. to your husband, you know, yeah. You get stoned to death, you know. My electrician was here the other day mm. and he was in Iraq 
And he told me that they were like hiding out in Iraq at one point and they weren't trying not to be seen. They were like just doing like a spying thing or something. Oh, wow. And they were, he saw a bunch of guys drag a woman mm. out into the street and stone her to death. Yeah. And he said that was the hardest thing that he could, he's ever seen because they were, <sighs> they were trying to be detected. They had to hide. Yeah. So they couldn't go save her. And she was killed and they just watch and they just stone were stones just till she died. And it took forever and it was horrible. And it was because she apparently was, you know, uh, 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 committed uh, infidelity. And it's just like, it blows my mind that like. I feel like I definitely would have gotten me and my friend killed. I know. Cause I would have raced out. I know, but like, see, that was the oh, thing. There wasn't enough of them yeah, to do anything yeah. to, they would have been overrun and then they would have been found. And like, they were doing like a private, you know, hiding thing. So it was like, but he said that was the pro cause I asked him, I said, what was the worst thing you saw? And he said, that was the worst thing I saw when I was there. And it's just like, I mean, God bless the planet, dude. It's crazy. Like, and, and, and not to like bring this up, but like, aliens coming yeah i mean they're I'm coming i'm down <laughs> they're coming because they're so sick of our shit they're like you guys are fucking psychos you're destroying everything you're destroying each other yeah we are the most unevolved species in the solar system by far okay like i mean there's well, been multiple you know. release there's been multiple yeah. multiple people in government releasing info saying uh, yeah no i've seen the spacecrafts no i've yeah i've seen it like they're mm -hmm. all just saying it and we're all just ignoring it yeah they're just changing the subject like like I, jimmy kimmel was talking about it the other night he was like why is this not like everywhere yeah because like it was like high up government officials saying yes there are extraterrestrials uh, yeah i i don't know and then you change the channel and they're like check out the new toaster through <laughs> like, that sounds good we're right just now. trying to distract ourselves but what do you think is going to happen when like the first alien comes like what do you think is going to happen i always thought it'd be really kind of funny like how awkward would it be that like an alien touches down with the sole purpose of like curing cancer or like ending the pandemic or helping the human race or trying to get us to stop destroying the planet only right? to come to find that every movie we've ever made has been about killing them and they're just like, oh, uh, you know, we came here trying to be nice. You guys are kind of assholes. I yeah. think we're going to head on out. I don't like, think they're evil. I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to try to do anything negative to us. I think yeah. we might be the dumb fucking oh, people. Oh, we'd that, be the ones to capture one and like try yeah. and open it up and study yeah, it. Like, yeah, Come on. Come here. Let me show you what a, <laughs> let me take a look at this American flag. I got you. I got him. I got him in a headlock. Bill, Bill, get him. Like, I was like, like, we're just so, what is wrong with us? We're so much fucking cowboys and how do you do to, I put a lasso on him. You know what I, know. I mean? Like, what is wrong with us? We, we, we. Like, we can't just be like, we just can't coexist. We have to just always have, <sighs> I don't get it. Anyway, it's exhausting. Worst first time being alive. Just kidding. I mean, it's great. At least we weren't born during like the plague or when they used to cure hey, syphilis with like sticking coke up your asshole. It, it could be worse. Oh, you know where the term blowing smoke up your ass comes from? Apparently. No, tell me. Everything. I don't, I don't know if this is, it seems factual. I, I read it in a book. Okay. But who knows? You have to fact check it. But I heard blowing the term blowing smoke up your ass comes from during like early i think like late 1800s if you had a gastrointestinal problem the doctor would blow tobacco smoke up your anus to try and cure 
the gastrointestinal problem. Lo and behold, it just gave people like colon cancer or whatever. So there's wow. the term blowing smoke up your ass. Gotta tell Tommy to stop doing that to me. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, a, all. That's, a, that's a tough Saturday night for it's, you. It's, huh? a, it's a, a smoke ring coming out of my butt. <laughs> stop, no, stop. but I mean, it's so crazy. Like I was reading like back in the day, like they used to get syphilis and like try to treat it with like the weirdest shit. And like, it was just so oh, wow. awful. Like people, anyway, I'm thankful that we're born when we were born, but also like- <laughs> I every day and this this is something if I don't know if we're leaving on this note or whatnot yeah. but but I'm gonna say every when when I talked about earlier like my mindset changing on acting and like when things started to kind of go more my way when I when I started to gain traction you know was I was talking about the thinking positive spreading love everywhere but what really and I still do I every day I try and do this before I let my feet touch the ground you, I wake up and I say, thank you for my eyes that I can, my two eyes, I can see the beauty of this world. My mm. two ears, I can hear the music of this world. My taste, my 10 fingers, my 10 toes, my two legs, my two arms, like all those things that like you walk around all day with not even thinking about. I but know. There's so many people that are not, that, that, that don't have that privilege that you have. And it's like, when I start my day like that every single day, the problems that I face throughout the day seem a little bit smaller because True. I'm still walking. True. So, yeah. Hashtag blessed. Uh, yeah, Hashtag yeah. grateful. No, Hashtag. but I mean, it's true. I mean, yeah. uh, really, I do the same thing. I wake up every day and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm still alive. Like, it's actually <laughs> kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bigger one for me. I'm like, I'm still here. Wow. Just, yeah. I remember being in high school being like, I'm not going to make it past 18. Now I'm 34, do which is crazy. you just wake up every day gasping for ages? <gasps> I do for my panic attacks sometimes. And oh I'm like, CBD. <gasps> Where's my CBD? Now, I've had two panics and panic attacks sitting here. Like you did. Oh my God. We didn't even get to talk about your panic attacks. No, the time's okay. out. We'll have to have you back on. Another we'll time. talk just about panic attacks with Darren Barnett. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Darren does get panic attacks too. So see guys get them too. Hello. Everyone's like, it's do. just a girl thing. Nope. I know a lot of guys that get panic attacks. So no. on that note, we'll talk about it next time. No. Darren, I've loved having you here, guys. Make sure to watch Darren's show, Never Have I Ever, on Netflix. What's your character's name? Paxton. Paxton. That's hot. Paxton. Paxton. And make sure to follow Darren on Instagram at Darren Barnett with two T's. No. Uh, One T. One T. D A R R E N B A R N E T. Just one T. Fuck. And subtle, subtle plug here. I have a horror comedy coming out uh, with Claire Holt, Kat McNamara, Timothy Granaderos, Emmy Raver, and Luke Baines. Um, it is going, you can find tickets on my Instagram or the Instagram for Untitled Horror. Uh, it comes out June 15th. It's called Untitled Horror. It's called Untitled Horror Movie. Love that. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for tuning into another episode of Worst First. I love you, and we will see you next week. See ya. Well, Bye. I I, well, I won't. He won't, but I will. Bye, guys. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... 
I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com.